I'll invite you to turn with me in your Bible to the book of Luke chapter number 5. The book of Luke chapter number 5. And uh, again, just great to have all of you worshiping with us today. While you're turning there, why don't you turn to someone near you right now and say, I'm so glad that you got up early and you came to church today. Would you tell someone that? Find two or three people and tell them that right now. Uh, let, let me say this before I read any scripture. There, is, there are two different ways that I think the Bible teaches that we can experience God. We can certainly experience him, and I'm going to use a word, this is my way of saying it, cerebrally. Here's what I mean by that. In just a few minutes, I'm going to begin preaching, and I'm going to be preaching the Bible. You'll see several verses that I'm going to get in this sermon. And we can hear that. And it can come in our brains and it can help us and we can even go home afterwards and I encourage people to do this. Read those scriptures again and let it get in our brain and cerebrally bless us. But then there is another part to experiencing God and it's experientially experiencing God. The scripture talks about the letter killing but the spirit giving life. And I believe that God is pleased to not only let his word be preached vocally and words given that are part of his word, but then through the power of his spirit, we experience God. And can I just tell you something? If you ever experience him as a healer, you will never look at scriptures about healing the same way again. If you ever experience him being someone who lifts our head out of maybe a depressive state, we will never read Psalm 3 the same way again that says he's the lifter of our head. Because it's not just a cerebral knowledge of God, it is an experiential knowledge of God. And so what I am asking the Lord to do today is to take the spoken word and mix it and let it come forth in experience for us today. I, I'm a firm believer that while I preach, everybody say, while pastor is preaching, the Spirit of the Lord can heal people today. The work of the Holy Spirit can take place while I am preaching today. You don't have to wait for some magic time. In fact, you can be healed and you can be delivered and you can be set free while the Word of God is going forth. Because the Bible says His Word is alive. It's working. It's working even right now. Because we've been singing about his word. So let's look at the scripture. Luke chapter 5 and verse number 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by. Who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Watch this next phrase. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. That's a pretty good statement. Behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. When they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. Now, I will read a few more verses, but this is proof that not only was their sanctuary full, their overflow room was full. Their Sunday school classrooms were full. All of the excess seating was full. It was just a wonderful time. Verse 20, when he saw their faith, he said to them, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Can I stop here and just say, you have to be very careful what you think around Jesus. (laughs) Because the scripture says they were just thinking that. And he said, I'm just going to speak to that right now. Verse 23, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately, 
He rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. One more verse, verse 26. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear or awe, saying, We have seen strange things today. <laughs> now, I used to read that verse, verse 26, and I put myself in the, in the place of, of Jesus, not because I am Jesus, but just as a speaker. He was the speaker for the day. And I, I've always kind of struggled a little bit with that verse because I would like to think that maybe when you go eat lunch today, that the first thing out of your mouth when you're having casual dinner conversation is not, man, that was a strange service today. I saw some strange things today. And yet, if we look at the context of what is said, they're not speaking in terms of strange, like abnormal or alien things. They're speaking about things that go beyond what they were even expecting or what they could even do. And I'm so thankful to be in a church that believes God is well able to do some things among us today that we can't do on our own. That we could never muster up the strength or the fortitude or the power to perform the miraculous. But God can. God can do some magnificent things in our midst today. And so I'm praying that that will happen. Here's my title. And let me just say it a couple times so you get it. He is, so I will let him be. Let's say it one more time. He is, so I will let him be. Would you say that with me? He is, so I will let him be. Amen. Jesus, I thank you for the word that you put in my spirit. I thank you for this great congregation. Bless your people today. Confirm your word with signs and gifts following. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Ryan, Marley, I'm so thankful you guys were baptized today. What a privilege to baptize you in the name of Jesus. We rejoice with you. We rejoice with you today. The scripture calls him many things. You open up your Bible and we find him not only designated as God or Jehovah, but he is called Wonderful, the Counselor, the Mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is the Good Shepherd, the great, not good physician, not fair physician, but the great physician. One passage calls him the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's not just the root of David, but he is the root and the offspring of David. He's the lily down in the valley. He's the bright and the very morning star. One passage declares him as the captain of our salvation. Then we come upon a term that is familiar to us in our state of Arkansas democracy. He's even called the governor. Did you know that? He's the Lord of all lords. The scripture declares him to be the king, not just of some kings, but the king of all kings. He's above every other king. He's the king of kings. He is alpha and he's omega. You say, that sounds strange. I don't know what alpha means. Alpha is the first letter of the Greek language alphabet. He's the alpha and he's the omega. Omega is the last letter of the Greek language alphabet. So this God whom we worship is the beginning and he's the ending. He's the first and he is the last. He is everything in between. Now, we have to understand something, and I have asked the Lord to make it plain in our hearing this morning. The nature of the God whom we worship is one of being ever-present. That's why my title today 
is not he was or he will be, but rather he is. See, God dwells in the ever-present tense. He dwells in the here and the now. Now, lest we get all cerebral with this sermon and say, Pastor, you got to make it plainer than that. I got smoke coming out of my ears. We gauge things in different tenses. We talk about the past. We talk about the present. And we talk about the future. But anything God has done back there is through our prism of the past. But God actually is spirit, the Bible says. And spirit has no border, it has no time, it has no boundary, and it has no limit. So because of this, everything that God has ever been, he is right now. Are you with me right now? Because he is an ever-present help, the Bible says, in the time of our trouble. You say, prove this to me, Pastor. Okay, I'm glad you asked that. Genesis chapter number 1, the very first verse in the Bible declares it like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, we don't have to go more than four verses to prove the fact that God is ever-present because the Scripture says, in the beginning, God. That means God was then. Whenever time began, he is. It didn't say in the beginning God became God or in the beginning God created God. God was there from the beginning. In the beginning, God. Before there was creation, there was God. Before there was light, there was God. Before there was anything, there was God. Now, I, I wish today to use the scripture to prove the scripture. You say, how in the world can you believe that, Pastor? That's just a, a theory. Well, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it is the evidence of things that are not seen. The second verse, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. How did they get a good testimony? How did they come about a good story? They came about it by faith. The scripture goes on in verse number three. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In the beginning, God was. In the beginning, God spoke. And in the beginning, God created. I thank God that he is ever-present. I thank God that he's always on the job. I thank God that he does not sleep and he does not slumber. But any moment of any day that I cry out to him and say, God, I got to have you today. He's not on a vacation. He hasn't clocked out for the afternoon, but he is a God who is. He is ever present. He is ever able and he is ever powerful. He is a God who is. John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the word, the concept, the thought of redemption. And the word was with God. That idea of redemption and concept was with God from the very beginning. And the word, the concept of redemption was God. Verse 14, slipping down in chapter 1 of John. And the word, the concept of redemption became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is a dynamic revelation and understanding on this Sunday morning. Please hear me right now. Everything that Jesus ever was while he walked here on earth, God was from the beginning of time.
I want to say it again. Everything that Jesus ever was that we read about in Scripture, healer, deliverer, one that sets people free, God was from the beginning of time because the very manifestation of Jesus came from God. It was God manifest in the flesh. It was God becoming flesh. You see, the way we do things today, by the way, just look at someone right now and say, God is not like you. Did you know that? And why don't you help somebody right now look back at him and say, thank God for that. <laughs> oh, there's something liberating about knowing who you're not. There's one throne in heaven, the scripture says, and the name Tim is not on that throne. Your name is not on that throne. And so in order to understand this God of miracle and this God of power and this God of anointing and this God whom we worship today, we have to kind of switch our brains in a different way. Think about this with me and listen very closely because I know, no, I know I'm kind of slowing down here, but I want you to get this. Listen, tell me if this is not true. We do things and then we are. I want to prove that to you. Um, for instance, uh, this past Friday, Stacy and I had the wonderful privilege of being at Urshan College, and we got to watch Dominic Kastner, one of our very own, graduate with his bachelor's degree from Urshan College. He's working this summer up in St. Louis, so we may not see a whole lot of him, but we're sure proud of Dominic. He's one of our great young adults. And then Brother Jason Weatherly, his whole family was up there, uh, while well, several of his children were there with him, and, and he was there. He got his master's through the Urshan Graduate School of Theology. And, and I was sitting, I'm a member of the, the, the school board, and so I was sitting on the platform, and you know, when you're sitting on a school board on a platform at a graduation, you're supposed to be all pious and just kind of taking it all in. But when these two walked across, I lost all decorum. <laughs> I was sitting on the second row of the board, and when Dominic Kastner, when his name was called, he started walking, I'm going, why I know him? <laughs> Jason... Weatherly, ah, Jason! I'm taking pictures from the platform. Now, Jason received his master's degree, and he is a teacher. And so here's the way we do it. And I'm using Jason Weatherly as an example right now. We learn things, and we study real hard, and that positions us to become a teacher. Uh, Jason didn't come out of the womb teaching now he, he's a gifted teacher but he didn't come out of the womb teaching he studied he equipped himself through the word he had professors pour into him and because of that he did and so he becomes that's the way we do things but everybody look at your neighbor right now and say just a reminder you're not god Because he isn't ever, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost helping us right now. I feel like revelation's going to come in this house right now. Because of who he is, he does. He doesn't have to become something to do something. He doesn't have to study real hard at becoming a healer to get the, the, the grade to become a healer and to touch our bodies. No, from the very beginning of time, we have established that he is. He exists in the ever-present tense. And so because he is a healer, he heals. And because he is the lifter of our head, he lifts us up out of depression. Oh, I wish I had someone help me preach right now. And because he is powerful, he can step in to any situation and work miracles and touch people and set captives free. Woo, hallelujah. So the reason why I'm so excited today is because this God, who's, everybody say he is. Come on, look at your neighbor and say he is. This God who is, 
knows exactly where we're at right now. There's not a sickness in this room that intimidates this God. There's not a valley that we find ourselves in that's too low for him to pick us up. There's not a quagmire of, of habit that he can't reach down and touch. He is, and so he does. He is, and so he does. And so I'm rising in this sanctuary today to say he is, so I'm going to let him be. He is, so I'm going to let him be. He is a healer, so I'm going to let him heal. He is a lifter, so I'm going to let him perform miracles. Do you know how absurd it would be for me to know that the healer is here and not let somebody meet the healer? Can you imagine if I was up in my attic? Let me just make it plain today. Can you imagine if I was up in my attic, Brother Jason, and I'm, I'm rummaging through boxes and trying to throw things away, and I find a little box I didn't know was up there, and it said the cure for muscular dystrophy. In my attic. And I open it up, and there's a little test tube and a little a serum of some sort, and all you got to do to cure muscular dystrophy is you just inject a little bit of this in your body. Can you imagine, can you imagine what we would do if we found that? I'd call CNN. Yeah, let's wolf. You're going to need to send someone over to my house. Five Blake Drive, Cabot, Arkansas, 72023. And within a matter of just a few hours, we'd have the street full of these television camera trucks and everybody, and people would be standing at my front door with the bright lights on and the big furry microphone, and they'd be saying, tell us about this, Brother Gaddy. Uh, Pastor, what happened? Well, I was just up in my attic, and I was just clearing out some things and throwing some boxes away, and whoa, lo and behold, I opened up a box that said, the cure for muscular dystrophy. What are you going to do with it? Well, my wife and I are going to get in our living room tonight. We're just going to get happy about it. We'll probably dance. We'll probably square dance a little bit in our living room, and we'll just kind of jump around. We'll get Madison involved. We'll call Landon home from school, and we'll just be happy about what we discovered. But how many of you know it is entirely possible through that silly example that I just gave for us to simply be happy with the knowledge that he might heal or be happy with the knowledge that he has lifted people out of depression. But I have made up in my mind, I know that he's a healer, and I know that he's a lifter of my head, so I'm going to get the person that needs that in touch with that Jesus. I'm going to put them together and let him become who he is. Come on, he's a great God. He's a miracle-working God. He is, so I will let him be. Moses was at the burning bush and going before the children of Israel who he would lead out of Egypt. And Moses said to God in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 13, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and I say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Now we read this and we forget the intimidation that Moses must have been facing when thinking about going before God's children and saying, hello everyone, just letting you know I'm your new leader. I'm going to lead you out of bondage. You've been under this cruel Egyptian bondage for so long, but... Jehovah's going to lead us up out of here. Just wanted you to know I'm the man. And he says, when they look back at me and say, by whose authority are you coming to us? Who sent you to boldly declare to us that he is going to let you lead us out of bondage? Who is it that's backing this statement up? It's an honest question. And the Bible says in the 14th verse of Exodus 3, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. 
So you see this preacher up in front of you waving his arms and getting red in the face and spitting on Brother Sam. Some may say, well, what authority do you have to say that, Pastor? I've got a word for somebody today. I am has sent me to tell you this. Brother Ray, Sister Melissa, I don't come in my own authority. I don't come in my power. I don't come professing to get in line behind me and I've got all the answers, but I know who he is. And because I know who he is, I'm going to let him become who he said that he is. Oh, I am has sent me to you today. I am is wanting me to preach to you today. I am is wanting me to declare God's word today. Can you say amen? Everybody shout it. Say, I am. That's who he is. That's who he is. I am. I am. I am. Now, here's the thing about this, and and I'm not going to preach much longer. There is a seeming absurdity, though, with the God of all eternity relegating us to be the tipping point for his mighty power. You know, in in one aspect, I would think, and that's where I get in trouble because I think stuff. But in one aspect, I think... If I got the power, Josh, whether you want it or not, Buck, (laughs) man, that took a lot out of me right there. Wow. (laughs) Brother Hughes, whatever you need, it doesn't matter your response. If I'm God and I got all this power, unlimited power, unlimited resources, I'm going to pour it on you, brother. You're going to go, have mercy on me. I'm just going to keep pouring it on you. But do you know that is not how God works? When God became flesh, you know, there's something in, Brother Smith, I'm so glad you and your family are here. There's something that I saw in scripture recently about Jesus, God manifest in the flesh. Jesus has all this power. Jesus can turn water to wine and open deaf ears and raise the dead and open blind eyes some, in some uncanny ways. But he hardly ever overwhelms people to do it. We don't see in the Bible where Jesus walks up to someone and says, whether you want it or not. <laughs> but you know what the Bible says? And Jesus drew near. And as Jesus journeyed, blind Bartimaeus hollered out, Son of David, have mercy on me. What was Jesus doing? Was he overwhelming him? No, he was just getting in proximity. And he was waiting on someone to understand he is. And if he is, he can work on their behalf. And he was wanting someone, Victoria, to say, hey, I realize he's here. I got an antenna up in the air, and I realize Jesus is in the sanctuary today. Jesus is in the house today. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to scream it out if I need to. I'm going to run over into his presence if I need to. I'm going to realize that he is. And because he is, I will let him be. Come on, somebody getting the word today? Someone receiving the word today? Praise God. Praise God. I want you to notice something about this text that we read. The power of God in verse 17 of Luke in our text. The power of God was present to heal them. But listen, nobody got healed simply because Jesus was in the house. Now that's one of those moments when I read the verse. Jesus is there. Can you imagine? I'll just use an example here. And this is going to be especially for our church right now because just in a matter of a few weeks, we're going to be stretching out. And let me just say this. Let me pause here and take a time out in the sermon and say to all of our great people that are coming here on a regular basis, when we get over there, there will be a natural time to kind of get used to a bigger place to worship. But we must praise condition the new building. 
It is going to be air-conditioned. We help make it prayer-conditioned. And we help praise-condition the building. So some of y'all who come out of your seats and worship and you praise God, I thank God for you doing that. But we don't have like six weeks to kind of move in and get adjusted and say, well, that's my new spot right there, and I'm going to only praise God if I can go to the... No, we have to walk into his presence making it the house of the Lord. And I believe that's going to happen. But can you imagine, let's just use the new building. And some of you have been in there, you've seen it's going to be a lot bigger space. We get in there and... Within a few weeks, we come to church on a Sunday morning. We've turned down Commercial Street, and the first thing we notice is there's a police car with blue lights flashing right up here by the gas station. The first thought might be, oh, my goodness, someone ran into somebody. But we realize it's not an accident. It's a, it's a police officer directing traffic. And, and we drive about a tenth of a mile down Commercial Street, and like every, this is at like 10, 15 and like every parking space is full. And like people are double parked and triple parked and they're parking where they shouldn't park and, and they're wedging other cars in and people are getting out, they're running into the sanctuary. And so like this, this thought is going through our minds, what in the world, did I miss an announcement on something? Were they giving away free money or something? What, what's going on here? And so you finally find a place to, to park and you make your way and you can't even get in the new front doors over there. Because as far as you can see, there's humanity everywhere. There's people in the lobby, and they're sitting on the floor, and they're sitting on chairs, and they're in the nursery, and the toddler room, and the prayer room, and it's wall-to-wall -wall in the sanctuary. And I'll just stop here. I feel, I feel kind of dangerous today, so I'm just going to kind of go with what I'm feeling. Uh, just so you know, there's no assigned seats in this church. I think I need to make sure of that before we go next door. And so there will probably be an area where I land most of the time. This is the chair right here where I usually sit when I come into service. But this does not say, reserve for Bishop Tim Gaddy. And I just give you my word. If you want to sit here, it's yours, baby. You can sit right there. I'll sit on the platform. I'll stand. I'll sit on the floor. I'll just, I'll walk the whole service. But we come in in this fictitious example, and there's people everywhere, and you can't even get in the place. Now, this is what's happening here in, in the gospel that we read. They cannot get in the building because of the, of the people. Someone got the word out. Someone tweeted, Instagram photo, something, that Jesus was having Bible study. And so everybody comes to the house at the same time. And the Bible says that the presence of the Lord was there to heal people. But notice the only person that got healed was one man, which tells us we don't get something from God just because we show up. And so, and I've preached this story a lot in this church. I won't belabor the point, but they do something very uncanny, you know. They do something that really is against the law in our, our circles they decide I can't get in the front door, can't get in the back door, can't crawl through the window, and so we'll just climb on the guy's house. And they're, they're climbing on another man's roof. Let me stop here and just repeat that one more time. They're climbing on another man's roof. It's not their house. I don't know how they got up there, but they got on top of the house. And, and to make it even more magnificent, they're not on the house. Not, the four guys aren't on the house by themselves. They're dragging a paralyzed guy up there. That takes coordination. That takes time. You don't just throw Joe up there. Lift, pull, lift, pull. They're getting on top of the house, and, and, and can you imagine the, the, the people around? And it's kind of a strange time. Maybe the neighbors thought for a, a work project, you know. they got Bible study going on in-house, and now guys are working on the roof. But they weren't working on the roof. They were going to deconstruct the roof because one of them thought, well, you know, the best thing we can do is we got to get this man into the presence of Jesus. And so really the only way that I can figure is we got to get on the roof, we got to tear the roof apart and let him down through the roof. Now that's logical, isn't it? So while Jesus is teaching, there's a sound of people tearing off whatever they roofed with, thatch or whatever it was. And then the, the hole becomes larger, large enough to lower a man down into the present. You talk about interrupting the Bible study. They get him into the presence of Jesus, and immediately 
the religious leaders of the day start scoffing. Can you imagine? They have upset the status quo. It's supposed to be from this time to that time. We're supposed to get out on time. And we got to get our place in the line at the restaurant by this time. And this man has the audacity, or his friends do, to lower him down into the presence of Jesus. And when his body hits the floor, Jesus looks at him. Now, this is where it's just remarkable to me. And Adam, here's what he says. Uh, he looks at the man who is paralyzed. His buddies are probably peering down through the hole, wondering what's going to happen, waiting for a miracle to happen. And Jesus looks down at the man and he says, Sir, your sins are forgiven you. Now, if I'm his friends who have just gone through all of that to get him down in the presence of Jesus because he's paralyzed, and when he falls to the floor, Jesus says to him, your sins are forgiven you. If I'm them, I'm raising my hand. Excuse me. May I say something? Yes, man on the roof. Speak. And, and you know, in that moment, I don't want to be like uh, sacrilegious. But in that moment, here's, you have to understand the way I think. In that moment, because I've gone through all this effort, I'm, I'm going. So I'm reading the story one day, and it hits me. It hits me like a bomb. If we will respond in faith, Jesus will do far more than what is obvious to everybody else. See, there are some people in this room right, right now, right now, who you could handle a physical healing in your body. But do you know when the presence of the Lord is there to heal? Jesus can step in and do a spiritual work at the same time. Jesus can, oh, I feel it right now. Jesus can heal a body and forgive sins in the same setting. Jesus can lift someone off of a paralyzed mat and set him free in his heart. Jesus can wash and cleanse and touch and miraculously minister to someone who has an obvious something else that they're dealing with. It's just a matter of whose faith are we walking in. Jesus, here's what the scripture says, when Jesus saw their faith, I want to ask a question, do you have faith for the person sitting by you right now? Because your faith can bring that person into the very presence of God. Your faith can catapult us to take advantage of this great God that has existed from the beginning of time. He is, and so I will let him be. I want you to stand with me if you would, please. Our musicians can come. We will, we will. In just a few moments, step out of this room and we will get in our cars and we will step into the first full week of May 2021. None of us know what it's going to hold. We may have an idea of what the week will hold, but none of us truly know everything that will take place this week. But I would be so remiss if I did not give us opportunity to let God be who he already is today. Amen. So my appeal is going to be very simple today. Do you need him to be your counselor? He is. Do you need him to be a good shepherd today and guide you? He is. Do you need him to become the great physician and touch your body today? He is. Do you need him to administrate and move some things and be a governor in your life. He is today. Do you need a word from a king that surpasses every other word from a king? He is the king of kings today. He is. 
and so I will let him be. I want to ask our ministers, their spouses, our prayer team, I want you to come and just stand up here with me right now. We're going to receive people for prayer. Just come and quickly step out from where you are, ministers, our spouses, prayer team. I want you to come. I want you to line up across in the middle as well. Just line up across here. Some of our small group leaders, I want you to help us out. Just step up here and we're going to pray together. We're going to close this service by just giving opportunity for God to work. There is no magic potion. There's no hocus pocus here. There's nothing that says that any of the people standing up in this room have power inherent within themselves. But the Holy Spirit that resides in them can connect with your faith right now. And we can let God become somebody in your life that he already is from eternity. How many of you would think the Lord would be pleased to show himself strong and heal somebody today? Amen. Well, I feel a witness in that right now. If you're here, first appeal I want to make is for those that need healing in their body. You need healing or you've got something that you're struggling with or maybe a long-term sickness, a diagnosis of something that you cannot fix on your own, and you would like prayer for that. You would like someone just to agree with you in prayer today. I'm going to make that first appeal right now. So before we even start praying, I want you just to step out where you are. And, and you know what? If you're here and you feel more comfortable having your friend come with you, that's fine. Just come on. Nobody, Listen, nobody's going to do anything weird to you today. We're just going to pray. We're just going to let God become who he already is. So we'll give just a moment for people to respond right now. If you, if you need healing in your body, I want you to step out. Just come and stand in front of one of these people that are here. They'll help you pray today. Amen. They'll help you pray today. If there's people here today in this service, and listen to Pastor very clearly because I want you to hear what I'm saying. And you need, listen, you need a spiritual lifting of some sort. This doesn't mean that you're a horrible person at all. It just means we need the Lord's Spirit to wash over us. We need God's presence to help us and to refresh us. Or the Lord to come alongside a situation in our family that we can't figure out on our own, but we believe that he is. And so we're going to ask him to become who we believe he is. And he's going to become the guide. He's going to become the governor. He's going to become the counselor in our life. I want you to step out right now. Again, it doesn't mean you're a backslidden person. It doesn't mean you're a horrible person. It just means we need the Lord to help us in a situation. You can come and stand just right behind these ones that are here at the front. And we're going to pray. Now, I also am going to ask for this. If you are here in this sanctuary and you have never experienced the Lord Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit, you've heard people talk about being baptized in the Spirit. You've talked about people being filled with the Holy Ghost. And you're hungry for that. The Lord can fill you today with His Spirit. He can fill you today. It doesn't have to take a long time. We can pray, we can believe, and He can fill you today. So as we begin to pray, and you would like to have the Lord fill you with His Spirit, I'm going to ask you to come as we begin to pray in a moment and just stand along the front here, and then we'll have someone pray with you. Amen. Listen, listen to Pastor. I have never talked to one person who responded to a call to draw closer to Jesus who ever said to me, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Not one time. Not one time. So if, if you take nobody's word except mine, I guess, right now, you will not regret letting someone help you pray. You won't walk out of here and say, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Nobody's going to look at you weird. Nobody's going to think you're weird. We're just going to pray, and we're going to let him become who he already is today. Amen. So we're going to lift our voice. I need some people from the, the congregation right now that would just come in faith in prayer right now and stretch your hands up here toward the front. And I want us to pray. I want us to believe. If you feel led, I want you to come and help us pray today. Those of you that are stepping up, I want you just to let somebody know what is it we're praying for today? What is it we're praying for today? What is it that we need today? We want to pray with direction right now. We want to pray with a target in mind. Praise God. Praise God. Go ahead and lift your voice up. Let's sing unto the Lord. Let's worship the Lord together today. Hallelujah. Oh, let your spirit flow across this room right now, Lord. Come on, that's it. Intercessors, praying people.
Hallelujah. I worship Come on, that's it. That's it. His spirit is helping us today. Working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, the Lord's working right now. The Lord's working right now. By the authority of the Word of God, let it happen right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Jesus. In the darkness. We pray against pain in the name of Jesus. Let there come healing in the name of Jesus. Let there come healing in the name of Jesus. Let there come healing in the name of Jesus. Oh, you are here. You're here. I worship you. I worship you. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Come on, he's working right now. You're here. Yes, Jesus. Señor, in the name of Jesus Christo. Let your glory minister today, Jesus. The baptizer of the Holy Ghost is here. The baptizer of the Holy Ghost is here. He is, so I'm going to let him be. Oh, I worship you. A way maker, yes, he is. Hey. Promise keeper, that's who you are. Thank you, Jesus. you to step on up. Step on up closer right now. Step on up closer. Come on. Let someone pray with you. Let someone pray with you. Let somebody pray with you today. Oh, yes. You are a way maker. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead. We come against all fear in the name of Jesus. We come against all fear in the name of Jesus. We pray your mighty touch, God, the peace of the Lord that goes past our understanding, Lord. We speak that over this great church, God. We speak that over families right now, Lord. Oh, yes. Woo. Oh, you never stop. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it. be Lord I'm gonna let you become Lord I'm gonna let you be my healer Lord If you stepped up here for prayer and someone hasn't got to you yet, would you just wave at me right now? I want to make sure that we have everybody that stepped up. Somebody's prayed with you. Someone's called out your name to the Lord. Amen. Amen. What a great God we serve today. What a healer we serve today. Amen. Here's what I'm going to ask us to do. Here's how we'll be dismissed today. There's people praying all across this room. We're going to respect that. So two things will happen. If you feel led... We'll just finish this service by you praying with people just around you, even in the, in the congregation area, just praying for someone near you, just slipping a hand over on them, praying for them. Spirit of the Lord's working right now. Let's not cut that off. If God's Spirit is moving in your area, go ahead and go with that today. Whenever you feel like you need to be dismissed, we're honored that you've been with us at New Life. We pray that you'll come and be a part of our midweek service on Wednesday night. Amen. Don't forget our prayer day this week on Thursday. Amen. May the Lord bless you. If you feel so inclined, just connect with somebody that's near you right now. Let's one more time just ask the Lord to bless those around us right now, those that are praying close to us. Amen. The Lord's Spirit is touching right now. Spirit of the Lord's ministering right now. We thank God for what He did for Melissa this week. We speak in Jesus' name, complete recovery, complete healing over her body. Thank the Lord for a good report. We speak the name of Jesus right now. We speak your presence, God, over every family, Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, oh God. We speak the anointing that destroys the yoke, God, over people's minds right now. We speak clarity, God. We speak wisdom in dealing with family members, Lord. We speak it and declare it over this house in the name of Jesus. We believe that's who you are, oh God. So we give you permission and room to become that in our life today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Let's, let's sing it a little more. 